the second house. This area within the birth chart that is so important for each one of us. There we can see what resources are available to us to be able to face any eventuality that arises in our lives and thus be able to move forward. It is true that within traditional astrology we call the second house the house of money and possessions. And of course, it makes sense since having money enables us to acquire what we need in any eventuality. However, when we see the second house as a space where we look for whether we will have money or not, whether we will be able to pay our bills or achieve material security, we are actually using astrology as an oracle. In reality, the birth chart is not a divination tool, but a map of our essential geometry which describes potentialities, challenges, and the multidimensional reality of ourselves. The second house specifically describes the personal resources we have access to in order to provide for ourselves and to be able to self-sustain. At a cultural level, many of us are completely invaded by goals and paths to follow that do not correspond to our inner truth, but rather are products of cultural processes and even spiritual concepts about what money, work and success are. This is how we have followed paths that are not our own, which have forced us to develop skills that do not naturally arise from within us. These paths are paved with notions acquired through our ancestors, our parents or our culture. And this is not to say that we do not need parental guidance or that ancestral, cultural and spiritual inheritances are incorrect but rather that sometimes they are paths that reflect a reality different from our own and do not correspond to our present or personal preferences. We learn through imitation and generally follow the rhythms of our environment. This often causes us to disconnect from our personal truth. When this happens, we begin to feel some type of shame or guilt or even fear of following the call of our instinct, which is what the second house truly represents. The second house is related to Taurus. Taurus is the second sign of the zodiac, an earth sign and fixed. Taurus and by analogy the second house, speaks of material security and connection with the body, with matter, and with everything that represents the physical world. 
Taurus makes us aware of the existence of the material world. We are talking about sensations, the ability to perceive our material needs. This is one of the basic perceptions of every living being. If one is thirsty, one drinks. If one is hungry, one eats. If one is cold, one covers up. We are talking about a physical reaction that doesn't involve much analysis. Depending on the sign in which our second house is located, we will have different attitudes on this topic. The second house in fire signs, Aries, Leo or Sagittarius, indicates that action is what allows us to sustain ourselves. We take action. On the other hand, if we have the second house on earth signs, Taurus, Virgo or Capricorn, it is method, patience and persistence that allow us to have a satisfying material life. If we have the second house in earth signs, Gemini, Libra or Aquarius, it is our ability to socialize that provides us with material security. Finally, for water signs, Cancer, Scorpio or Pisces, it is the ability to connect with others that provides material well-being. Each of these four elemental ways is instinctively awakened in the second house and allows the individual to know what they have to do to survive without thinking about it. Often, our instinctive strength has been devalued because it is not akin to the energy of our environment. Let's take as example two people, one with a second house in Virgo and the other one in Aries, who live together. The first focuses on improving their personal resources. They value attention to detail. The second values the inspiration that leads them to act spontaneously. Here we find two ways of instinctively reacting to the search for material security that can conflict if both parties do not recognize these differences as natural. Although each person's attitudes are beneficial to themselves, they can create anxiety and even lack of confidence in the other. That is why it's so beneficial to understand the manifestations of each sign. If someone doesn't act as we would, or if they insist that we should do something that doesn't feel true to ourselves, the instinctive expression of the second house can be inhibited and consequently difficulties arise in providing material security. We can also take into account the modalities. The second house in a cardinal sign, Aries, Cancer, Libra or Capricorn, indicates individuals who tend to be proactive when it comes to issues of subsistence. 
fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius tend to seek constancy and stability. Mutable signs, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, or Pisces tend to be more versatile. As we can see, I haven't talked about money and possessions yet, but really about attitudes. For this same reason, the second house is intimately linked to self-esteem. If our way of approaching our subsistence is in some way judged by our environment, we can carry a negative self-image regarding our ability to self-sustain. As a result, we begin to have money problems or self-esteem problems and we stop following our instinct and do what we believe is best according to the feedback we receive from the external world. So, how do we solve these issues? From my point of view, I believe that before we can move forward We have to work on these self-esteem issues through awareness of these differences. In that sense, it's quite simple. We need to explore the doubts we have about our own worth and studying the birth chart of our parents, siblings, and even grandparents can give us great information about the personal values of our environment and how we have fit into them. We all have personal resources and we all have the ability to self-sustain. In fact, we all have a second house. The presence of certain planets in this house, such as Pluto, for example, indicates a great capacity for transformation as a personal resource. But of course it is also indicating that this is a capacity that we need to know and learn how to use. Therefore, Pluto will attract material situations to our reality that help us develop it, which sometimes can manifest as material crises that unearth talents we didn't know we had. If instead we have Uranus, We can count as a personal resource the ability to innovate. We want to progress and that triggers sudden changes that open up new spaces to create it. However, when we are not aware of this energy, we can also feel like victims of circumstances, since in our reality situations manifest themselves in a way that somehow create instability within us in our environment and takes us out of routine. And that's how it is. Uranus wants to progress. So, planets in our second house represent specific personal resources and when we are not aware of them, We can believe that the circumstances we go through on a material level arise randomly. In reality, it is ourselves who create them from the energies of our planets in the second house when they act from our unconscious. The second house, without planets, 
doesn't indicate that material security is not important to us, but simply that it is not a particularly prominent area of life within our whole being. Other areas will be active, however, the ruling planet of the second house and its position by sign and house can give us a lot of information about our relationship with instinct and material security. The astrological house where it is located, the ruler of the second house, directly influences our ability to self-sustain materially. Personal resources are truly limitless and do not depend on the second house. The second house shows our approach when using them. Those of us who live in societies where life is organized in a more or less stable way and where minimal material security like housing and food is accessible may have more difficulties with the second house than those who are forced to fight for survival. Why? Because we have a source of energy that we do not use. Then we can believe that we need adversity to be able to unleash our potential. This is a deeply rooted belief within our culture. In reality, what happens is that we have an intuition that we have a much greater potential than what we are currently using. So, we unconsciously generate different crises in our lives to be able to unfold it. Without realizing it, we recreate adverse situations because at a conscious level, we are only able to see the Saturnine structure in which we were born, that is, a reality with certain rules, responsibilities, and pre-established goals. So, we have no choice but to recreate adverse situations to activate our instinct and discover our personal resources. Is there another way to do it? Of course. We only need to look at Steve Jobs or Elon Musk to see how far a person can go who doesn't waste time going in circles without knowing where to direct their talents, and the countless human beings of whom we don't have information. But, as I said at the beginning, the path of the second house requires trust in our own abilities, and for that, we need to learn to follow our own instinct and let go of what doesn't correspond to our personal values. Then, when we achieve this, we will gradually gain confidence. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Tarot decks. For me, the planets of the second house resemble the major arcana strength. There, we see a lion and a woman. The lion represents instinctive strength. The woman represents the strength of consciousness. Consciousness with gentleness tames the lion and thus 
The lion learns to use its instinctive strength with conscious direction. Believing that we should know how to do things right from the beginning of our lives is basically absurd. It's like believing that we should be born already knowing how to ride a bike. Both humans and other species go through the same process. The difference is that other species are more connected to their instinct. Not being connected to our instinct doesn't make us superior, but on the contrary, creates an internal mismatch and a great unconsciousness about our animal nature, which acts automatically and is only dedicated to seeking food and shelter. I'm not saying that this is negative. In fact, it's fundamental and represents the basis of our survival. However, human potential is much greater. Anyway, I think it's necessary to stop judging ourselves if we haven't been able to move beyond the most basic level of survival. In fact, being able to provide for oneself is already a talent. Moreover, it is the basis of the ability required both to get the next meal and to build a rocket to go to Mars. We could see ourselves as cosmic engineers who have incarnated to understand what it is to live on Earth. Or at least, that's what the 1% of DNA seems to indicate, which has created that divergence we have with other primates. Because, although some may doubt it, we are 99% primates. Even though in the 21st century we have developed various possibilities that allow for subsistence based on our particular talents, there is still much more to be done in this regard. There is still a strong tendency to govern society in a generalized way, that is, as if we were a herd. Therefore, many times we have to mold ourselves to what is expected to us and not necessarily develop our own essential geometry. And in fact, as we begin to develop as individuals, we no longer see social animals like cows or sheep, which are very happy living in herds, as if they had no individuality. With the transit of Pluto in Capricorn, We are going through a transformation where the focus is on recognizing internal authority which makes us the captains of our own reality. Of course, it should also be remembered that Pluto has already been in Capricorn 248 years ago and it also visited that sign 248 years before that last time. From astrology, we see this is an evolutionary process that repeats periodically, 
That is, although it may be difficult for some to believe, we are not at the pinnacle of human civilization as a species. We are in a constant state of evolution. It is possible that in 248 years, future humans will see us as quite backward and ancient. Our personal resources are conditioned by the time and place in which we were born. In the second house, we connect with instinct and it adapts according to the world around us. For example, if we are farmers, we know that in order to survive, we need to plant, cultivate and harvest to get through the winter. In contrast, if we live in the city, what we need is money to be able to go to the supermarket, for example. Of course, the farmer must buy the seeds. That's why he sells his crops. Nowadays, there are also self-sustaining communities that seek to live without money. However, if we have a relationship with money that produces pain or discomfort, and therefore we decide that it is better to reject it, it is possible that this is a disconnection that we have with the second house. Of the great communities generally seek to reconnect with the instinctive capacity for self-sustainability without being conditioned by cultural or corporate values of society. Of course, there may be some that, like so many people, see money as something negative. In reality, money is a tool that has been used for subjugation in many cases, but it is not money that produces pain, but the unconsciousness of those who uses it in this way. In any case, to understand the second house, it is necessary to transform the concept of what it represents, or money and possessions. I am not against money. I simply want to emphasize that the attribution of the second house to money is just one of the many manifestations of this area of life. In the second house, we are talking about values. For example, someone who has Venus in the second house, grace and the ability to perceive beauty are personal resources that allow them to attract what they need in life. That is their money. If we suddenly find ourselves on a desert island, money is not useful to us. So Venus in the second house can be seen as the ability to climb that palm tree without losing balance. Another important aspect of the second house is that it is tremendously individual. Here we say, this is mine, it belongs to me. The recognition of our internal and external talents and resources is fundamental. 
Many people have this part of themselves a bit wounded for various reasons, as self-valuation is often seen as selfishness or vanity. However, being aware of our personal resources is the basis of self-esteem and what allows us to create the material security that helps us propel ourselves in life. If we look at it in a metaphysical level, those individuals who only seek to accumulate great wealth are creating a balance of this energy of mind. The fact that 1% of the population has the same amount of money as the other 99% speaks of an energetic equalization until the 99% believes they have the right to material comfort, the other 1% will continue to accumulate to create this balance. I know it sounds very simplistic and even absurd. However, this is how squares and oppositions work in astrology. At an evolutionary level, extremes will become increasingly intense, something very Plutonian, until the 99% feels so oppressed that they instinctively feel entitled to a better quality of life. If, on the other hand, that 1% decides to give each one of us the 99% an iPhone, for example, and that's enough for us to feel better, then we are facing a new manifestation of what is called the enlightened despotism, something that happened the last time Pluto transited Capricorn and Aquarius, with Catherine the Great being an example. This is the Tsarina of Russia, Louis XVI, and his wife, Marie Antoinette, did not follow this path. So, look for history. And so, inequalities have persisted for another 248 years everywhere, except in France. But that's a joke. <laughs> so, investigating our second house is a good way to reconnect with our personal values. If we have the second house in Pisces, we value empathy and compassion. That's the capital for the ascendant in Aquarius or Aquarius rising. If, on the other hand, we have the second house in Capricorn, our capital is an entrepreneurial spirit, a great ambition, which provides resources for an ascendant in Sagittarius to go on on adventure. Aries values bravery, but Cancer values love, and so on. When we have material problems, when we go through difficulties to be able to survive on our own, observing the second house compared to our personal reality can help us easily to see how aligned we are with the energy of our essential self. Well, that's all for today. I hope you have enjoyed this information 
this astrological way of seeing reality and I invite you to leave questions or suggestions for new topics to be discussed here on the podcast. This podcast is available in all platforms, Spotify, Apple and Substack and also in my YouTube channel. In the comments, you will find a link to subscribe to my Substack, Astrology for the Everyday Mystic, where you can not only access to the podcast, but also read articles about astrology and above all, receive information about what's new on all platforms. Thank you very much for listening and until the next time.